I'm from that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that dirt, dirt, dirt. I'm throwing dirt, dirt, dirt. I miss that dirt, dirt, dirt. Gotta get back to it. I'm a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, dirt, dirt. I miss that dirt. Gotta get back to it. I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game. Ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing. Now nationwide, everybody knows my name. They're like, mama, that's Kenny Montgomery. He sings that song we like. Yeah, boy, that's me. Roll like the trailer, I'm flossing. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Them cold kind, we're tossing. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. I hit the high side, boy, I park it for Brian Clausen. Welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast. Often imitated, never duplicated. Your weekly home for the best in motorsports coverage. Even your grandpa talking about, man, that boy too cold. We don't sit on 24s, we don't ride on spinners. I'm posted up on them 15s with platinum dirt defenders. Got kids up in my window like, hey, Mo, are you going to Welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. And unfortunately, in studio all by myself tonight. Uh, something I've not had before. We will be joined here shortly uh, by late model driver Bobby Pierce, uh, also the youngest man to ever win the World 100. Uh, but Matt, uh, my normal co-host uh, and friend, uh, got held up at work, unfortunately, and was not able to make it. So here I am all by myself. want to uh, start out here, first of all, that we're getting some racing tonight all the way in South Dakota. Uh, some live racing coming back. No fans in the stands, uh, but at least seeing some racing. A, a modified show. I know I saw that um, Ricky Thornton Jr. is out there, uh, Kenny Wallace, Kenny Schrader. So some, some pretty big names uh, headed out there to South Dakota to run that race. Also, uh, just, just to kind of give everybody a heads up, if you haven't went and looked yet, Go check out www.thirstygoatent.com. You can find uh, articles there. You can find videos. You can find all the Thirsty Goat brands, which in- includes Throttled Up the Podcast. Um, you'll also find a lot of uh, great merchandise that you can go check out. But definitely check out the, uh, the articles that are being written, usually coming out a, a couple every week. Um, this week, I know that Ryan Bowling and I, uh, for our On the Rocks article, are going to be discussing, you know, what does it look like for us to get back racing? You know, and obviously neither one of us are a track promoter, but what's it going to take? How do we get back to as much normalcy as we can for those of us here in this dirt track community? And what's that look like? And, you know, obviously South Dakota's racing tonight, but there's been a lot of controversy surrounding it. And how do you how do you pay purses as a promoter without fans in the stands? So, be on the lookout for that. I'm also working on an article myself um, on uh, the Twin Cities Points Fund from 2019. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about that on Facebook, uh, and I'm I'm going to interview some drivers. I have reached out to Tim Wagner. Um, and Tim Keithley both, uh, and trying to get to the bottom of what's going on there with the 2019 
Twin Cities Points Fund. So be on the lookout for that. Again, www.thirstygoatent.com. So really, I mean, the big racing news uh, around the world is that we're starting to see some things open back up. I know that uh, I'm very excited that Ryan and I, uh, on Saturday, will be headed down to Strawberry Plains, Tennessee, for the Blue Gray uh, Series, Southeast Series, uh, uh, go-kart race. Um, Be shooting that, and you can find that on Dirt to Media. Uh, You can get live coverage of it. So very excited to at least be back around some semblance of racing. Um, It's been way too long. Uh, I know how serious um, this virus is, but definitely ready to get back um, to the track and be able to get back to some type of normalcy for all of us. Um, it, it's it's been it's been a long uh, quarantine for sure. So before I bring in Bobby Pierce, I just again want to remind you check out all the things that are going on. If you if you're looking for some great throttled up merchandise. Two great uh, T-shirts. Uh, you can get the Skull and Flags T-shirt there for, I believe, $12. Um, $2 extra for sizes 2XL and up. And then the often imitated, never duplicated gray T-shirt on both front and back. Uh, you can pick up there on ThirstyGoatENT.com at the store uh, for, I believe, $15 for that one. And don't forget the I Need Dirt stickers. Um, those are going like crazy. I'm, I'm amazed. $3 a piece for the I Need Dirt sticker. And uh, let me see here. I got one right here. Uh, I think we're all feeling this right now. Uh, $3. And, you know, I was going to charge you shipping. I'll be honest with everybody. Uh, and then... Uh, the brains behind the Thirsty Goat operation, Ryan Bowling, texted me and said, dude, give them free shipping, man. Um, so make sure when you check out on any orders right now um, throughout the month of May. So we'll end that on June, April, and May. Um, free shipping. So it comes right to your door with no extra cost to you. Uh, pick up some stickers, some great uh, things that are going on there. You can go and not only pick up the I Need Dirt, you can pick up a Thirsty Goat Entertainment uh, logo. You can also pick up the uh, throttled up uh, flags and skull decal. Those are $5 a piece. I Need Dirt, $3 a piece. Um, and then obviously t-shirts and more merchandise will be added uh, weekly. So go check that out. But before I uh, give Bobby Pierce a call here, let's uh, go check out our sponsors um, and see. Uh, make sure that you're supporting those guys as well. Um, they're a huge help to us here at Throttled Up. Don't let your Saturday night go without the excitement and live action at Southern Indiana's premier dirt track, Brownstown Speedway. Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea is the place for any race fan to get racing memorabilia. Mark and Jamie Schaefer will work to make whatever custom photo product you would like. From prints, keychains, magnets, buttons, and much more, stop by the Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea booth and let Bronze Bobby know what they can do for you. OCC Seamless Gutters is the only place to turn for new 6-inch seamless gutters, gutter repair, leaf guard systems, and gutter cleanouts. I mean it. Go outside right now, and if your gutters have trees growing out of them, call OCC. Let me give you a little hint. Schedule them for a time your wife is gone and take all the credit. OCC is fully insured and offers free estimates. Call them today at 812 
592-7899 or visit their Facebook page at OCC Seamless Gutters. Legacy Paint and Body is a family-owned auto body paint and repair shop located in Columbus, Indiana. Specializing in collision repairs, insurance claims for collision work, restorations, rust repair, headlight restoration, detailing, and more. If you have any questions about the quality of work they do, check out their Facebook page. Contact them today at 812-799-1344 for a free estimate and tell them your friends at Throttled Up sent you. Race fans, In the Fast Lane Productions has rebranded itself as Dirt to Media. This is a huge win for us as race fans as they will be expanding their coverage to three local racetracks. For a mere $9.99 a month, you can choose between race action from Thunder Valley, Twin Cities Raceway Park, or Brownstown Speedway. But really, who can choose? So for only $13.99 per month, upgrade to the VIP membership and receive video from all three tracks. The only question I have left for you is, what are you doing? Get over to dirttomedia.tv and sign up today. Gilpin Electric and Generator Services is a customer-first company that takes care of all your electric and generator needs. They're your go-to dealer, installer, and generator service company. Don't be stuck without power during severe weather this year. Contact Gilpin Electric and Generator Services on Facebook or call them at 812-953-1261. Hey, Matt, what would you say is one of your most prized possessions? Oh, it has to be my racing t-shirts. And you've got an impressive collection. But I heard about a new place. P3RacingShirts.com is the one and only place offering genuine custom racing shirts with no minimum quantities. Their shirts are printed in full color using the latest technology and direct-to-garment printing. They have custom designs for several different car types and specialize in our favorite, dirt track racing. That has to be great for the local driver. You don't have to buy all those up front. Absolutely, and they don't have to hold all that inventory at home. What did you say that was again? P3RacingShirts.com. Let's check them out. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy. 812-372-4483 at extension 2447 or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. P3 Graphics is one of Indiana's premier suppliers for motorsports wraps and apparel. P3 Graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry. Give them a try on your next project and you won't be sorry. You can contact them via email, phone, or on Facebook on the P3 Graphics page. To find out more, go to www.p3graphix.com. Again, that's www.p3graphics.com. Hey, give Brad at Brad Irwin Customs a call for bodies, interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Brad Irwin Customs, you can stick them deeper. Calling today at 812-216-3900. Does your yard have a dead or dying tree threatening your house or property? Do you have an unsightly stump you're tired of mowing around? Have trees that need trimmed up against the house? If you answered yes to any of these questions, call our good friends at Kane's Tree Service. They're fully insured and offer free estimates. Call Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917. Tree trimming? Tree removal, stump removal. Call our friends at Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917. 
And again, a big thank you to all of our sponsors there. I, I can't say how much I appreciate them. Last thing here before we bring in Bobby Pierce. Any of those of you out there that uh, I race, um, do I racing? I've 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 recently jumped into the I racing world. I'm awful. Uh, I'm still a rookie. Um, just just awful. But uh, if you're on there, uh, search Dustin Roller. Find me um, and add me so that maybe we can race against each other. So, all right, guys, uh, when I return, we'll have Bobby Pierce again, um, one of the greatest Jackson County, or excuse me, Jackson 100 finishes of all time. So uh, let's, let's reach out to Bobby and see how things are going. Welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast, and I am uh, lucky and happy to be joined today by Bobby Pierce, late model driver out of Oakwood, Illinois. Um, Bobby, you uh, you and Dad have really put Oakwood on the map, man. There aren't many other things that, that come out of Oakwood. Yeah, uh, it's, it's actually kind of funny. Um, you know, there's a sign as you come into Oakwood that says uh, youngest World 100 winner, you know, Bobby Pierce, and uh, there's another, uh, there's a girl I know uh, that I went to school with, actually. She's on that sign, too, for being, uh, like, Miss Illinois. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Besides that, it's, it's a small town, you know. There's uh, not a whole lot of people here. <clears throat> and um, I know there's a baseball player, uh, like Darren Fletcher is his name, and uh, he was in the MLB. And um, I guess a lot of people kind of know Oakwood for that. But, yeah, just a small town. Um, I think there's 1,600 people, so, uh, you know, not very big. Well, it's kind of a cool deal, man. I live down here in southern Indiana now by uh, Brownstown, but I was born in Danville. I had family in Bismarck, grew up in Georgetown the first 10 years of my life. So I was all around Oakwood there and actually had family that lived in Oakwood as well. So I uh, I, I know where you're at, brother. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> a lot of small towns around here, not a whole lot to do. I mean, we got Champaign that's 20 minutes away, uh, so that's not too far away. You know, it's a college town and danville is uh kind of down the road from where i live here and um yeah it's just uh, a lot of cornfields i guess but a lot of a lot of great dirt tracks around here so uh you know not too far of a drive anyways so that's always good absolutely and, and bobby i want to ask you this because i love asking guys you know we talked to billy moyer jr um a few weeks ago we've talked to hudson o'neill you know guys who grew up and you know with with fathers who were were successful late model racers and you know, there's two ways that can go. It's easy to say, well, you know, you were always going to be a driver. But sometimes when you when you are around that your whole life, you kind of move away from it. So at what point did you realize, you know, no, this is this is what I want to do? Uh, well, actually, when I was like, I don't know, like six, seven, eight, uh, like I started racing when I was eight. But right before that, I always told everybody I was just going to play football. <laughs> I don't know because I really liked football, and uh, but I'm I'm kind of small to be in the NFL, even though I I was like running back and I was a linebacker when I played in school, but um, yeah, I always told people I wasn't really gonna race. I was gonna help my dad, or I was gonna help my sister if she wanted to race. And uh, but I mean, I was so little, I didn't you know, you don't really know what you want to do. And then uh, my dad got me a quarter midget uh, when I was actually when I was four. I did drive a quarter midget and I drove it around uh, Danville's track, which is like a quarter mile uh, dirt track. And uh, I was flying around there. My parents didn't know anything about the quarter midgets then because they had me in a 
wide open restrictor. There was no restrictor in the quarter midget. And for a four-year-old, that's like ridiculous. And I was just on the mat. I didn't know any better. And uh, hey, You don't really know so throttle put, control at four years old. <laughs> yeah, no, you just go around there. Luckily, I didn't kill myself, but uh, it kind of scared me, I think, a little bit. And then um, when I was eight, my dad got me uh, a different quarter midget. And, uh, or it might have been that. It was that same one. And he was like, hey, you know, uh, how about we just go in the yard and you get in it? I think you still fit in it or you'll fit in your sister's seat and uh, go out there and just play around with it. So I did. And then I, I really liked it. And then we went to the first race uh, at Terre Haute, Indiana. And uh, that's just kind of history from there. You know, I really, I really liked it a lot. Um, uh, it helped have my dad, you know, there with me for sure. You know, all of his success and his knowledge that, you know, he's, had over the years just all of it put together um you know probably wouldn't be where i am right now if it wasn't for him you know and i've had a a really cool opportunity here the last few weeks bobby and and james essex has been working with us and we've been um remastering some old 80s and early 90s brownstown speedway films and uh you talk about watching your dad and you know uh blackjack boggs and and don o'neill and you know, and, uh, Jeff Purvis and some of these guys, it, it's just, it's amazing looking back at how good your dad was uh, at that time. Yeah, I uh, I kind of have an opportunity to watch some old videos. You know, he's always wanting to, to watch races, and uh, he likes to be able to find those videos from way back in the day when he was racing. And, uh, yeah, you know, he was, uh, he was a beast, you know, back in his day. And, uh, but it's kind of funny watching those videos. You know, the cars are so different than what they are today. And, uh, you know, just it's crazy to see the the cars evolve with how they have. And, you know, not that they were like slow back then, but <clears throat> just uh, big. I don't think those cars had no traction. So they were just sliding around and uh, it was just a different kind of late model. Yeah, they just look huge to me. I mean, they just and I guess maybe part of that's nostalgia from being a kid and being around and then thinking, they were so big then. When I watch the video, they look so big to me in comparison to what today's late models are. Yeah, well, I know they could run those big tires. Uh, my dad calls them the humpers. Uh, so I don't know. You know, they're just like a, something different. And the bodies, man, oof, they were they were something else. Like Until they got to the wedge bodies with yeah. the, and then the big sideboards, those were something else. But, man, if we had that today, uh, I don't think we, we'd even have to let off the ass. Just go around there wide open. So going back to you, you know, you, you obviously you start in the quarter midget, and then it was 2009 when you jumped in the crate late model, correct? Yeah, yeah, 2009, and then 2010, uh, I did crate and super late model. So 2010 was my first year in a super, uh, and then 2011 was my first full year in just supers. And how crazy is it? Like you said, I mean, I know you had you know your dad helping you and all that, but. To go from that quarter midget in 2006 and within four or five years, you're racing super late models. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. I remember like every step was uh, like, uh, are you sure I'm ready for this dad? You know, and he'd just be like, yeah, I, I think you are. You know, if if anything, just go out there. And he always just said whenever, whenever I got in something else, he was just like, you know, go out there and just have fun, uh, you know, at first just – feel it out, you know, take it slow. And, uh, heck like the first lap I'd already be just on the gas. So <laughs> it, I don't know. Thinking back to that, it was, a, 
it, it was really cool feeling the power of like a super late model. Um, and, you know, it still is, you know, every time I get in it, you know, after, especially now, you know, not being able to race very much, you know, I'll probably be a little rusty and be like, whoa, this is, uh, it feels like a drag car when you take off. But yeah, he always, um, uh, one other thing he always really wanted me to do was just move up quick and, and get to all these different racetracks because uh, he didn't want me racing the same track every weekend and just, you know, getting habits from one track. You know, he wanted me to experience a lot of things. So that really helped out a lot too. just getting out and trying to go to all these different places, learn, learn everything. And um, but, yeah, you know, starting when I was 13 and super late models is kind of crazy to think now. But um you know, you start at a local level and kind of work your way up, and now here we are. So just, uh, yeah, I got to thank him for that for sure because I don't think I would have uh, had, like, the confidence to be able to be like, oh, yeah, I'm ready for a super late model, you know? Yeah, and, you know, and it is. I mean, it's it's really set your career to where it is because a lot of, you know, and, and credit to your dad, a lot of people may have tried to kind of hold you back and say, let's run the crate till this age, and then we'll put you in a super – there's no way you'd be at where you are in your career without that kind of accelerated timeline. Yeah, it's uh, they always say start them young, and uh, I think it's definitely true. You know, if you can, so whatever it is, baseball, golf, you know, that's one joke he always has. Actually, is he says I should have uh, done or he should have put me in golf because you know it's a lot cheaper and they make more money. But here we are. <laughs> you know, I, I've said that forever. I said if my kids could do anything, that's what I'd choose because you can do it till you're 70 years old. You make yeah. a ton of money. You always play. Well, you can race till you're 70, also. But that's very, very you might true. Be falling apart. Speaking of that, it is CJ Rayburn's birthday today. So happy birthday to CJ Rayburn. Oh uh, yeah, happy birthday to CJ. <laughs> talk For about sure. a, talk about a guy that raced until the very uh, end of it. I mean, that's just unbelievable. But yeah. You know, going back, you talked about that sign as you come into Oakwood, the youngest World 100 winner. Um, 2016, you take your World 100. And, you know, honestly, with, with all the success your dad had, he was never able to capture a World 100. What was it like for you to etch your name in that, that history book? Uh, it was, heck, it was everything for sure. Um, you know, I think – a lot of people go, you know, their whole career is just trying to win that race and they finally do. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's their biggest win. And, and for me, it's my biggest win might always be my biggest win. Hopefully we can get more, but you know, that world 100, just the name, uh, the prestige it has everything to do with it is phenomenal. And my dad, you know, he's been really close for, you know, a few different times in his racing career about winning that thing. And, uh, when I was able to win it, he kind of felt like he won the race too, because you know it was just as much uh, him that won the race as me. I'm driving the car, but you know he uh, he sets up the car. Yeah, he's a crew chief and everything. And it was his car. It was a Pierce car, and um, you know, heck, uh, I, I can't imagine how nervous they probably were. Uh, you know, the those last few laps, just hoping nothing would happen, and because I know I I sure was, but. Um, I was going to yeah, say, was, I was going to ask you awesome that. Night. Hopefully we get more. Because, you know, you talk about that, and your dad had some, some times that he was so close. And so what goes through your head in those last few laps, you know, just thinking, I'm sure you hear every rattle, everything that you think could be going wrong with the car. How do you just focus on, I got to just keep hitting my marks? 
Yeah. It, well, I had my actually my dad was signaling me too, and uh, you know every time I go down the front stretch, I'd see him with the sticks and. For a while, they were pretty spread apart, and then, like, with 17 to go around that time, they were pretty close, and I was like, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> this isn't good. I don't want to, you know, be able to have the opportunity to win this race and lose it with a few laps to go or anything or uh, anything stupid happen, but, um, you know, I just kind of was in that mode where everything was working right, and uh, as long as nothing happened to the car, you know, yeah, for sure, you hear everything and you feel everything. It's like, you know, do do I want to keep pushing it like this? Because if you don't, you might mess your marks and start messing up. But you kind of just have to. And um, you know, talking about Oakwood, it was actually really cool when I got back to town after winning the World 100. They had like a little, uh, like not a parade, but everyone was like on the, the sides of the road or a whole lot of people were and just like, you know, congratulating us, clapping us as we drove uh, back to the shop from uh, – from main street and uh yeah that was pretty cool we ha actually had a few like cop cars like follow us through town so it was somewhat like a little parade or whatever and uh that was pretty neat a whole bunch of people came to the shop after and uh yeah we celebrated a little bit you know and that's that is the cool thing about a about a small town is that things like that matter so much yeah for sure i mean you know like i said with with it being such a small town you know there's not a whole lot. I mean, everybody knows each other for the most part. Um, just everyone knows what was kind of what's going on with everybody and to win the world 100 and, you know, for them knowing me or at least, Hey, you know, this kid lives in my town and he won this big race. You know, I think that that kind of makes them feel good. So that's pretty cool. That it all happened like that. Just, uh, I don't know. A lot of people thinking, you know, helps Oakwood get put on the map per se. And, uh, I was glad to be able to do that. And I want to talk about 2018 and it, it's not the world 100, but for us here in Jackson County, Indiana and, and Brownstown speedway, it is our, our, our crown jewel. Um, and I know it was one that was very important to your dad for a lot of years and, and the success he had at Brownstown speedway. But in 2018, you win the Jackson 100 and probably, the greatest pass I've ever seen at Brownstown Speedway, getting underneath Davenport <laughs> to win it. Uh, I know to everybody else that may not mean as much as what it does to me and a lot of people around here. What was that win like? Oh, that was something else. Um, you know, I had the lead there for just a little bit, like around the halfway mark. Well, first, let's start in the very beginning. Um, I started in the back, and it was a day race. So <laughs> normally that's not a good combination at all. Especially and, at Brownstown, because uh, it dries out yeah, and gets nasty. Exactly. But luckily, there was overcast, and they had the track prep just right enough, you know, to have two lanes in it. And uh, that bottom had a mud line around there, and I was following that the whole race. and just never got off the bottom, uh, just hugging them ute tires. And, you know, me and Earl Pearson were coming through the field, and I finally got by him. And then I was in third, and T-Mac and, and JD were both right there. And we we were having a hell of a race for the longest time. And T-Mac finally moved down, I think, to try and block me because I about passed him for the lead. And then that's what let JD pass him. So then I had to catch Davenport after I, I passed T-Mac. And I passed him for a second, got the lead. He gets me back. And there's like 10 to go. And he's got like, you know, half a straightaway on me. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, well, you know, we need to hit our marks. You know, I need to hit my marks perfectly these last 
five, ten laps to be able to have a shot because I was slowly catching him. And, yeah, there with two to go, I just caught him in time to get under him. And uh, we rubbed a little bit. And then going on the back stretch on the last lap, we were side by side. And I knew just, you know, if I hit my marks in three and four, you know, I'd have him. And I did, luckily. And, uh, you know, the car was really good that race. And, heck, it made for, you know, I think that's one of the best races I've ever well, I go back and watch it, and it's one of the best races I've ever seen. Uh, and that's really cool. It was a Jackson 100 because uh, it's a huge race. Well, and, and I'll agree with you. And there may be some old-timers that would tell me, well, you, you're not old enough to have seen you know, these, these Jackson 100s in. But for me, it's, it's the best Jackson 100 I've ever seen because you're exactly right. The track, for a day race especially, came out perfect. You guys were side-by-side side racing and passing the whole race. Yeah, it it was something else. Um, you know, Brownstown Speedway really did a great job. Um, heck, now I think maybe they just need to do more more day races. But you know, you had that overcast, so it wasn't like uh, your typical day race where the sun's beating on the track and drying it out. But um, you know, I was that's one of those races too. You know, like the World 100, where I was super glad to win it, and uh, you know, really you know, kind of like a relief to win it at such a young age because uh, you know as you get into your career, you know, it could be one of those races for me that, you know, I come close to winning and just have, haven't been able to pull it off. You know, there's a couple of them like the USA nationals and the Prairie dirt classic. Um, those races where I've just been right there so many times and just haven't been able to win it and they're crown jewels. So like, you know, I, I want to just uh, may, maybe in time and, you know, I've, I've got obviously a lot of years left to do it, but you know, you want to, you want to win as many races as you can. <laughs> well, absolutely. And you, and you want to collect those crown jewels. You know, it's, it's for a lot of people, if you can get one, that's awesome. But anybody, like you said earlier with the world 100, you'll take as many of those as you can absolutely win and not belittling it yep. saying it's easy to do, but obviously, you know, you want to capture as many as you can and put your name with those, uh, the best that have ever done it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I want it once, but that doesn't take away any of uh, the amount of want uh, that I want to win it again. So, uh, and all these other races, you know, the dream and all of them. So, yeah. Let, let me ask you that because that's always an interesting thing for me at Eldora. The dream obviously pays more, but I think to any late model driver, you know, and, and probably most late model fans, the world is still the prestige. That's the trophy you want to go home with. Obviously now I'm sure you'd love to cash that, that dream check though. Yeah, uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit on Dirt on Dirt, uh, just, you know, what races is more popular. You know, I think fans really attract to the uh, the purse or, you know, how much it is to win. And, and it does drivers, too. However, you know, that World 100 is just, uh, you know, it's the granddaddy of all of them. You know, no matter, you know, it could probably pay $10,000 to win for some reason and, it's just it's the world 100 so uh but every year it actually does go up a thousand dollars more to win i I don't know what it is now but yeah that dream you know now it's one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. like if you had to ask me i would rather win the dream now now that i have like one world win but if i didn't have any world wins i'd be like well i need to get that world 100 win but now if i had to choose you know i'd the the dream that money sounds pretty good well absolutely i mean everybody wants yeah. to be once their name etched in that world 100 history book but after that 
taking that that dream check to the bank feels pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and now like they're getting closer to car counts. Um, you know, I know the world gets like just maybe over a hundred, and the dream I think it's just under one hundred. You know, it seems like the last couple of times. So uh, yeah, they're getting pretty close. And um, you know, no matter which one you win, it's uh, <laughs> you know, no matter which one you win, you'll take it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And to talk, you were uh, 2015 when the NASCAR Craftsman Trucks came there for the Dirt Derby. You were involved in that at, at Eldora as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, heck, that's another race I just about won. And uh, I, I ran that race with uh, Mittler Brothers. Um, you know, Mike ended up passing away uh, last year. And, uh, you know, I was probably going to do a couple more of those races with him until that happened. But, yeah, heck, we, we got the pole award uh, for my first time doing it and then about won it that year, too. Got second to Christopher Bell. And the next year, I I was running second to Kyle Larson, and we were throwing sliders, and I ended up having a flat tire and then did it a third year and uh, got spun out or someone spun out, and I was going to miss it, and then someone came in and hit me and spun me out, and I got put a lap down but got back to, like, six. So, We've had good success in that race, and that's really cool, too, because, you know, there's a lot of NASCAR fans that don't really know much about dirt racing or they don't know the dirt guys. And for me to run up front and do really good, it's really good for late model racing because then that kind of puts late models on the map for all these fans that don't really know much about it. Yeah, that's what I love about it is when these dirt guys like you and Mike Marler last year and some of these dirt late model guys get the chance to go run it because – it's like when NASCAR back in the day used to go to the road courses and a Boris said could go make the race and all these road course specialists could, it brings attention to you guys. So yeah. how different is the NASCAR truck from your late model at Eldora? Oh, night and day difference. <laughs> uh, driving that truck around there is like, uh, man, it's gotta be something like a street stock mixed with a bus probably. And, uh, it's just, it's a big tank. You know, it's hard to steer, and then when you don't really realize it, it gets kind of loose on you. And, uh, I mean, you're not going as fast, though, not nearly as fast. So that's the, you know, that's the flip side to it. You know, it doesn't handle nearly as good, but you're not going nearly as fast. Um, or as a late model, you know, it's more in the ground until the track slicks off anyways. But, like, you're a lot more in the ground. You just, like, when the track's tacky, you can go on there in a late model wide open, you know, if your car's right and just go right around there, um, carry your momentum and try and get the best lap you can. But like that truck, it was, it was something else. And they always had the track really slick for the truck races. It seemed like, cause they didn't want it to rut up. So there wasn't a whole lot of traction anyways. You know, these trucks have super hard tires and they're not made for dirt. So, but I think they've been figuring them out more and more like all the crew chiefs for NASCAR and, uh, the engineers, you know, now that they, I, I don't know, this is probably like their sixth year they're about to do it or something like that. And they've got those trucks like getting a little better and better every year. And let's talk here. I mean, obviously, we all know now that uh, the coronavirus, COVID 19, has really put a, a halt here to racing season. And I know you've been highly involved with the iRacing thing um, and, and running a lot of these online races. Does that help you stay sharp? How much had you done it prior to this year? Uh, I, well, I have iRacing, but I've only messed around on it a little bit. Uh, cause like my computer is too old and my steering wheel and pedals aren't really, you know, they're not the new stuff that 
really works the best. And uh, now my computer actually doesn't even start up for some reason. So I'm working on getting uh, an iRacing rig or, or everything to make one. And I've been at my buddy's place down the road uh, messing with it. And really since uh, the coronavirus thing uh, and they came out with all this iRacing stuff, like I had to get decent at it. So I didn't look like a complete fool. Um, and I'm fine by myself, but when I get around cars, it's, uh, it's a little different, but, um, you know, one thing about it, it's like, it's nothing like real life, but there's things about it that kind of is like real life, you know, like throttle control and, and how the track changes. Uh, you know, you really got to make sure your car is in the traction spots and, uh, and all that, but there's no cushion that forms on that game. I wish there was, cause I want to, I want to go rip the lip. You know, just stick it on the berm and go. Well, I was we. I just got it. We we actually got it in studio. We don't have anything fancy, but uh, and and drivers when they come in studio with us, we're going to start having them do a time trial lap and keep keep track of uh, the best laps. But the first night I had it, I got in a four ten sprint car and I thought I just want to see how much power this thing has. And I hammer it and I'm in the inside wall before I even knew <laughs> what hit me. So yeah, throttle oh, yeah. control. I I've got to learn a lot better. Yeah, the guys that do it um, all the time, you know, like, you know, my hat's off to them. Like, they do a heck of a job. You know, they, they go around there. Every lap is super consistent and wherever they want to put the car. And, and just, like, you know, there's a difference of going on the track out there, like on iRacing and, and making what looks like a good lap and making a fast lap. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put my dad, my mom, and my sister and her boyfriend, all them on the iRacing rig at my buddy's place, any of my crew guy. And yeah, they couldn't keep it straight. Like they couldn't go down the straightaway on the fuel and <laughs> not wreck. And that's what that's what cracks me up is when people are making fun of you know some of these guys that are in this dirt stuff. You know, and Bloomquist is the first one that comes to mind who never had a rig until two days before the World of Outlaws was going to start doing it. And I'm thinking this guy's got more wins than anybody. One of the most successful late mother. Don't make fun of him, man. (laughs) Yeah. You you put him on a, on a track with a car any day. He's a challenge. This is something totally new. Yeah. And you see like JD, you know, he, I know he just kind of got it, but he's struggling with it a little bit. He's a lot better now, uh, in the race we had the other day, me and him actually gotten into it a little bit. Um, but that's the fun thing about iRacing is, you know, you can go and wreck your car and hey, it's just, it don't matter. You know, it's not going to cost you anything. So, uh, yeah, they have those iRacing races. They're kind of fun to do. You know, it's all about having fun and kind of, I guess, having the something to, for the fans to watch. And for me, I kind of like messing around on there at least every now and then, because if anything, it keeps my, like my arm movement and all that muscle memory kind of going, you know, you don't want to when you're sitting out of the seat for so long and you get back in the car, you feel pretty rusty. And I, I, I feel like iRacing helps just a little bit, you know, kind of knock a little bit of the rust off even before you get out there in real life. That's a great point. And, you know, and I listened to uh, Clint Boyer kind of talk about it the other day uh, on his podcast with Barstool Sports. And he said, you know, the biggest thing he has is there the wall. Same thing you said about tearing your car, but the wall doesn't hurt either. He said, "I'm a heck of a lot more aggressive going in because the wall doesn't hurt me." He yeah. said, when I'm, when, "When I'm racing in NASCAR or in my late model, I'm I'm feathering a little bit more because the wall hurts a hell of a lot worse." Yeah, yeah. You can go out there and try all sorts of different stuff on iRacing, and if it don't work out, you just push the reset button. So, um, 
Yeah, that's. I wish real life was like that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Be a lot cheaper for you. So, yeah. looking ahead to this year, and obviously, I know that this is a this is a tough question because we really don't have any idea. But um, you know, what's the plan? What's the thought going forward for this year? Uh, well, yeah, I, I really don't know um, if uh, I, like I know Illinois is um, like their stay at home thing isn't gonna go away until like june 1st so probably no racing in illinois for the next month and a half at least i would guess you know who knows could be longer maybe we don't get to race at all around here all year you know that'd be the worst case scenario probably but um we're kind of prepared to go racing like in the south if we have to you know uh you know of course we don't want to go and race for like nothing to win, but at the same time, everyone's wanting to go race and, you know, at least test stuff out, you know, break in the cars and all that. Um, so people are a lot more, you know, willing to travel a lot farther for less money to win or, or whatever it is, you know, than we normal normally would be able to. So, um, like I said, for us, we're kind of, you know, willing to go race somewhere in Georgia or, or you know, Southern Tennessee or, somewhere on the east coast maybe a lot more than what we ever would have so uh just kind of got to do what we got to do i i noticed like a couple things since this whole coronavirus um the bodies on the cars are a lot more clean heading into may than what they ever been and uh you know my bank account's not quite as healthy as what it you know was at the very start of the year because i haven't been racing to make money and selling t-shirts and, and all that you know to make a little bit of money so um but you know we've had more time to do stuff like uh just like stuff around my house like we put up a fence for my dog and we epoxied the shop floor so it's you know it looks better and smooth and um you know we're adding like a little wash bay area outside so stuff like that that sometimes would be crunched for time to do you know kind of gives us some time to do it uh the right way um but yeah and i've been playing a lot more video games and hanging with family and just mm -hmm. stuff like that than than racing all the time there's definitely positives and negatives to it for sure and and you know what i i love yeah. is obviously it's changed the way we do a lot of things but i have never i, I never mm -hmm. in my life did i think i'd get on your website or a lot of other drivers that the hot item be your COVID-19 custom <laughs> Bobby Pierce mask. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I guess I need to get one of those because, like, by the way it sounds is, you know, we all have to have one at a certain time. It's going to be a law. So, yeah, make sure you go to BobbyPierceRacing.com. Go to the store and get you one. Well, you know, you say that, and my wife came in right before we got started, and I was looking at your website. She said, you might as well just order us a couple of those because we're going to have to have them. So, yeah. BobbyPierceRacing.com, yep. right there, your custom mask. Yeah, we got plenty of shirts and all that. You know, heck, hopefully we're in the works of making new shirts and, and die casts of this year's car. So hopefully that stuff will be on there shortly too. Um, yeah, the car turned out really good this year. So. Hey, uh, and before uh, we finish up here, I do want to give you a chance. You want to shout out your sponsors and everybody that helps you get to the track? Yeah, for sure. Um, I need to thank Allgaier Incorporated. Uh, it's Jeff Allgaier from from Texas. Uh, I know his businesses with with oil and all that. I'm not sure. You know, all this stuff probably isn't uh, helping him out at all. But uh, thanks to him for uh, sponsoring and Premier Way Services, Jen and Larry out there in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Got to thank Viper Motorsports slash Risk Management Group 
um, Sean and Lisa Martin. Uh, big thanks to them for coming on board. Uh, Hooker Chucking, Jeff and Penny Hooker from uh, Dixon, Iowa. Uh, they do a lot for the sport. Uh, they help. They sponsor a lot of people. So big thanks to them too. And First Beer, uh, First Beer TV, uh, Extreme Electric, uh, Ted Brown's Quality Paint and Body Shop, Carnegie Towing, Leaka Tree Services, uh, Show and Field Headers, uh, VP Racing Fuels, Schaefer's Oil. Um, See, so I got a little list here, so I don't forget some people. Carnegie Towing, uh, Digital Copy Systems, uh, Advanced Suspension, Hypercoil Springs, Falco Wheels and Hoosier, Fast Shafts, uh, Excess Batteries, No Mud, Hooker Harness, FK Rod Ends, uh, Sweet Manufacturing, uh, Bell Helmets, Velocita Suits, and Arizona Sport Shirts. Big thanks to everybody. Hey, and don't don't uh, don't. Don't take it uh, against yourself that you had to have a list because with with drivers, man, if the car's not there, that is a tough thing is to ask them who, the, who all sponsors them. Yeah, yeah. Normally, you know, like I just rattle off like uh, a few of them, but I figured I'd make a list. Normally, normally in victory lane, I don't get to like make a list or something. So here we are. Hey, that's awesome. And hey, I want to ask you this going forward. And obviously, I know that your dad, you know, as you got into racing was one of your heroes. Um and you look to, but who are some of those other guys when you've when you've been on the track and you're like, oh my gosh, so and so's on the outside of me right now. Uh, you know, really a lot of them. You know, I mean, uh, you know, anytime you get out there and you're racing with the best of the best, uh, you know, Brandon Shepard and, and Scott Bloomquist and JD. Um, you know, those guys are arguably some of the the best in the sport. And then, I mean, like Chris Madden uh heck all those guys you know uh, you know i don't know when when you're alongside of them i guess i don't really think like oh like i don't get like i just think like you know i'm gonna have to drive harder to beat <laughs> these guys because you know they're some of the best of the best so uh, i have to be on my a game and uh but really you know no matter who i'm racing you know i always just try and do my best and uh drive the car as hard as it can be driven per the track condition at the time so um but yeah there always is like uh you know when i was like when i was 16 it was uh i ran fourth at the at my first world 100 and i was battling for the lead I actually had the lead and then i was racing up there with scott bloomquist and at the time i was like man you know i just about beat scott you know he ran mm -hmm. third and uh that was pretty cool and uh like when i passed him at the north south 100 to win that uh that was a pretty big deal and but yeah, you know, heck, I've been racing late models for so long now that, you know, I, I don't really get that feeling, you know, just, uh, I guess the only feeling is, you know, you're going to have to drive harder to beat them. Well, and you're probably going to disagree with that, but you're quickly becoming one of those guys, even at 23 years old, that, that other guys are looking at and saying, that's Bobby Pierce. Yeah, right. And I, and I mean, well, that's good. That's good to know. You know, hopefully when uh, they see us pulling on the track, they know we're, uh, we're the one to beat. Yeah. That's what we plan to do. Yeah. <laughs> So, and another thing I want to ask you real quick is we talk about tracks. What is the one track that if, if, if we had to say you can only race at one place the rest of your life, where would it be? Uh, well, I mean, Eldora Speedway is one that comes to my mind. Uh, you know, I, I like, um, I really like Peevely, Missouri uh i-55 that mm -hmm. track is uh super fun to, to race on when it's right um and tri-city speedway it's there next to it um 
it couldn't be somewhere like Macon or Belleville because uh, even though I like tracks like that every now and then, I, I couldn't race on them all the time. But uh, yeah, Eldora Speedway, I mean, it's probably the top-notch track. And what's the what's the one that just still gives you fits? You know, what's the track that you just think, I, I you want it and you you you, but it's always giving you something. Uh, Fairbury, yeah, yeah. Fairbury is is a track where no matter what race it is, it seems like I always there. There's always some drama going on. Like, you know, even if it's like nothing I've done, like it finds me, and. uh yeah, I, I like last year, not last year, two years ago, I was about to win a summer nationals race there, and uh, I think I broke a fan blade. And then you know, all all the Predator Classics, I've been close to winning. You know, my dad's won five of them, and, and I've been I've been so close to winning them. Just something happens. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a track that always provides a lot of drama for me. Yeah, and it's always it's got to be something like that, like a fan blade. It's never anything big at that. Right. And every driver's got that track, but it's always something like ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. Something that shouldn't happen. It does. You know, flat tires are always the worst. You know, nothing you can do about that. Like, well, Bobby, man, I I just want to say how much I appreciate you being on, and uh, you know, we uh, we we're we're fans of you. Obviously, like I said, uh, we we love when you're down here at Brownstown Speedway. Uh, I wish I could say that I'm still hopeful that the icebreaker was going to get ran, or we'd see you at the Jackson here later this year. But, uh, um. I'm hopeful that we'll get to see you here sometime soon um, at Brownstown Speedway again. But, Bud, we we are pulling for you. We wish you the best, and I uh, can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, you know, eventually we'll be racing soon. I'm sure. And heck, they are already in South Dakota. You know, we seen the other day. So, um, just hopefully, hopefully, I don't have to travel too far to go racing soon. <laughs> well, best of luck, brother, and we we appreciate you. Yep, thank you.